When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pineapple Pizza podcast discusses the histories, cultures, and beliefs of regions around the world. These stories often contain mature and sometimes disturbing content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we're serving up slices of mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends. It's an interesting combination of flavors. Weird, but it works. Today's special is Russian cryptids, and I'm your hostess, Emily. With me today are the wonderful Ashley and Lindsay. Hello. Hello. Hi, ladies. Hey. So today... We're going to begin our culinary tour with some traditional Russian flavor. Then we'll close out with some spicy new morsels because I really couldn't. I had a hard time choosing. I was liking too many of these. And so you get everything. Cool. Aren't you just so lucky? Hodgepodge. Yes. (laughs) Big old hot mess hodgepodge here. It's a casserole. So the first taste of the day is of the Russian kings of the water. The vaginoi. Oh, goodness. That sounds a lot like a word that doesn't have anything to do with the water. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if vodka means something to do with water. I think vod is water. I mean, it looks like water, but it's not water. You should not mix those up. Don't do it. No. Mm-hmm. It's a trickster. Mis- misleading water. Do mm-hmm. not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> so my sources for the vaginoi are in the dark <laughs> Already? <laughs> I can't handle that word. I'm fine. Vaginoi. <laughs> Russian. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pronounce it properly and I, I'm I'm not Russian, so I'm doing the best that I can. So hopefully I'm not butchering their words. I doubt that you are. I just am immature. It is fine. (laughs) Vaginoid. It's like coochie. It is. It's not a mouth. I did better with that one, though. I don't think I lost at coochie that much. Yeah, I lost it at coochie. You did. You did. And this is going to be my, like, (laughs) obstacle to deal with the whole whole time. It's going to be right. I don't say it too many times, but I might say it more often now, just for funsies. Okay, so my sources. In the dark air.wordpress.com, 
transsiberian.co.uk, ancientpages.com, warriorsofmyth.fandom.com, blogs.seatonhill.edu, a book of creatures.com, and mysterious universe. Surprisingly, no Wikipedia for this one. Woo woo. So prepare yourself, Ashley, because I have to say the name again. All right, I'm gonna be all right. It's gonna be good. <laughs> the word vaginoi means either water grandfather or <laughs> from the water. <laughs> from the water. <laughs> I looked at Lindsay. Lindsay's sitting here with her face completely covered. I was, doing, I was doing such a good job until I looked at Lindsay, and then I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> I was trying to cover my mouth so I wouldn't smile and set <laughs> Ashley off, and then I had the exact opposite effect. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. It's always somebody's face that sends somebody off here. Mm-hmm. All right. So des- descriptions of these creatures vary quite a bit depending on the region, which is pretty typical when you're looking at cryptids. They're generally described as old men, though a few sources did say there could be some beautiful young naked women. I guarantee those sources were originally, the, the original, original sources were men. Mm-hmm. That tracks. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but who cares about naked women, though? Like, who cares? We'll stick with talking about old men. Because that's what These beings may have a long green beard and hair to match. Green? Well, because they're covered in algae from okay. head to toe. All right. That okay. makes sense. That makes sense. They're, they're water creatures, so it's really not surprising that they're they're green. They're trying to blend in with their surroundings, you know? So then I'm glad it's a boy, because if it was a naked girl with a long green beard, that'd be a little off-putting, even if she was naked. <laughs> that might be more Mediterranean than... Uh-huh. The face matches the curtains, all right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. no. <laughs> okay, okay. So some are said to have a face that looks like a frog, while others look more like a man. But either way, they have eyes that burn like red hot coals. Are they six inches apart? They are not. Okay. Because it was a, it, you said frog-like, and frogs have their eyes on both sides of their head. So, that you know what? That's actually a pretty good thought. But no, there was no mention of them being six inches apart or unimpressive. Okay. Some of the some of the images of these things uh, when they were showing the pictures of them with red eyes, they kind of reminded me of what Jafar looks like when he disguises himself as an old man. Ew, that's Ew. so creepy. It I hate like it. That, but with red eyes, yeah. No, thanks. I hate it. <laughs> like a mummy wrapper, wrapper diaper type thing. No, like but just like guy? the face, the way the body's really kind of drawn out. It just it looked like Jafar <laughs> sitting down there with his three teeth in his mouth. Leave it to Lindsay to bring up the diaper. <laughs> <laughs> you know the mummy diaper. The mummy diaper. <laughs> Ashley's birthday next year. We're just getting her. A, a Jafar doll with a mummy diaper on it. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Hard pass. If you send me a Jafar doll with a mummy diaper, it would be like two steps above sending me a clown. 
and I oh. will. If anyone sends me a clown, I will set it on fire. Oh no. <laughs> okay, well these things aren't that creepy. They're creepy. They're not. They're not nice guys, but they're not spiders or clown creepy. That's good. Most of the sources said that they have webbed hands. That makes sense if they're water creatures. Mm-hmm. So, and they have a few other features like they have gills. Their skin might be green. It could be blue, black. Sometimes it's covered in scales. Some even have like fishy tails or tadpole-like tails. So it really varies a lot because a fishtail and a tadpole-like tail are very different. Definitely. And they are occasionally mentioned as having big horns or claws. Big, huge claws. Oh, that's different. Yeah, the descriptions for these are just kind of all over the place. So you never really know. You never know what you're going to see when it comes to the vaginoi. That tracks. (laughs) (laughs) You might get a little bit of a a treat for your eyes because sometimes they're really sparsely clothed or they have like weird tattered clothing, sometimes funny hats or... uh, Funny hats? (laughs) Yeah, funny hats or tail, like the coats with tails and stuff. Or they could be totally naked. I'm picturing, so we've got Jafar still because (laughs) that's never gotten killed. So it's it's Smurf Jafar with a green beard and, you know, the creepy coal eyes. The diaper still works in this scenario because, (laughs) of course, it does. And then I'm also picturing huge claws now. So we're just getting a really disturbing image happening in my brain. I think they're beautiful. They're I just like the idea of them wearing like a little propeller hat. Um, I love that. And so now Jafar has a propeller hat on. <laughs> See, you said propeller hat and I instantly thought of the way Ma- Mothman flew away. <laughs> Pegasus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally. Callbacks, bitches. And this time we're actually calling it back instead of calling it forward. Yep. Accidental forward call. <laughs> <laughs> so to make things even more confusing about these creatures, they have the ability to shapeshift. So they're kind of almost tricksters in that way, but they're not tricksters the way that you would describe a trickster because they're not good guys. So they can change into the shape of like a salmon. They might be a local villager, a child, uh, a dwarf, or even some eye candy. So these guys, sometimes they can appear as something else, but they don't do it that often. They typically like to keep their normal form, which is gross. They are also immortal because they are water spirits. So they're kind of elementals. They're kind of cryptid. They're immortal. But they do go through stages of maturation, just like we do. As children, they usually have these really unusually large heads, but the rest of their body seems to really quickly catch up. And I recognize this as a biologist right off the bat. So in biology, this is known as allometric growth. We actually go through allometric growth. It's pretty common. Humans experience this type of growth. Uh, As babies, our heads are disproportionately large to the rest of our bodies. Mm -hmm. but we grow into them over time. 
there's the other kind of growth is isometric and that's when the whole body grows at equal pace so that's like um amphibians like salamanders Lindsay. yeah salamander would do that what was your salamander's name pascal pascal there you go so salamander would go salamander pascal would go through that and um so their their babies look like little miniatures that grow up into full-size versions you know i kind of hope it has a baby I have no idea what gender it is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you don't have another one in there, it's not really going to (laughs) matter. We know. Forever alone. (laughs) So anyway, these things, the vaginoid, they they have allometric growth, which as a biologist, I was really excited. I was like, I know what that is. (laughs) They they didn't specifically say that, but they talked about these big heads and then growing into their their bodies. I was like, I know what that is. (laughs) Nerd. I just picture them as like giant bobbleheads as babies. Okay, so I was describing to the boys the other day how babies can't hold their heads up because their heads are too big and they don't have the neck muscles. So I was describing how babies will just kind of like flop their heads from one side to the other and it cracked them up. They thought it was the funniest thing. My big fear now is that they're going to see a baby and want to be like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh oh, oh, no. Oh no. Don't shake the baby. No. no. Shake a bobblehead instead. That's okay. Don't shake a baby. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so the vaginoid, they go under, they go through that allometric growth. But it doesn't take them as long for their bodies to catch up as it does for us. We It takes us many years. Probably by about puberty, our bodies have caught up with the size of our head, if not a little bit sooner. But for them, they go through an entire life cycle every month. Hmm. Uh huh. So it appears that they age with the faces of the moon, but uh, kind of like the immortal jellyfish. Have you guys ever heard of the immortal jellyfish? No. no. Emmett keeps trying to join me here. So the immortal jellyfish is called Turritopsis dornii, and it's it can basically regenerate itself. So jellyfish start off as little polyps, and then they grow up into the big fish, and then when it dies. It should just die, but the immortal jellyfish actually reverts to its polyp state, and it can go Ooh. through this cycle over. They're actually trying to uh, look into that to find ways to help our cells live longer. Don't make us immortal. No, that would be so bad. That'd be yeah. so bad. Who are they going to make immortal? Really, they're going to make the rich people immortal, and all the rest of us. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's going to be like altered carbon. Don't do it. <laughs> Well, okay, okay. So getting away from the idea of us fucking up everything some more, the vaginoid basically go through this kind of life cycle where they, they hit their old age and then they just restart from okay. the beginning. So they basically hit the reset button and start all over again. And they have this strange connection to the phases of the moon. And that might be part of why they're almost never seen during the day. They really only come out at night and... They're really super active during that time, but I'll tell you about it a little bit later, kind of some of the stuff that they do at night. One site mentioned that they're believed to hibernate during the winter. As I mentioned, when I introduced them, they're they're called the kings of the water. That's what Mm -hmm. vaginoi means. Fresh water, to be specific. Salt water would probably kill them. So they're primarily found in lakes, swamps, and rivers, and they're particularly fond of rushing water. And they seem to be really fond of 
Or no, they're not fawns. They're just really often found in mill ponds. Okay. Which would seem like the last place they want to be, right? Yeah, because it's, it's it's stagnant. It's stagnant water. So. Mm-hmm. Well, it's well, yeah, it's, it's like still water. Well, yeah. It's controlled water. For anybody who's not familiar with a mill pond, they're essentially like a body of water that's created by man. We create them to help generate mills, uh, power for mills to grind grain and stuff. And most of the time, what we do is we create a dam to stop the water and then we let the water slowly flow through and it makes the mill wheel turn so we can harness energy, blah, 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 blah. We're controlling the water. They're not going to like this. Yep. So part of the, because they like that rushing water, they don't like having it controlled. And so millers were, um, they'd really work to appease the Vaginoi. They work to appease them because they're malevolent beings. They're really powerful. They're, they're really mean, but they are like Kappa. They can get out of the water, but they can't go very far. Apparently, uh, the closer the body of water they live is found in relation to the White Sea, which is in northern Russia, then the more powerful they become, which could kind of go towards what you were saying, Ashley, of like polar bears. Yeah. Big claws. So my idea wasn't crazy. It wasn't uh, crazy. Uh, no. So I, I looked at the White Sea because I'd heard of it before, but I had no idea where it was. And it's it's way, way in the northwest corner of Russia. It's kind of near the border with Finland. Okay. okay. Because Russia's huge. I had no idea where the White Sea was. Yeah. If you would have asked me to find it, I would have been like, I don't, I don't know. Right. I had no idea until I looked it up. So the closer you get to the White Sea, the more powerful they are. Just a heads up for anybody listening. Some of the stuff that I'm about to discuss might be a little bit triggering for some people. So if you don't have the stomach for the talk of death, um, sometimes of suicide, then I would recommend skipping ahead just a few minutes. So prepare yourselves. They're mean. How mean? How mean is mean? Well, if you piss them off, they could cause a drought or a flood because they're they're water spirits. They're very powerful beings. Mm-hmm. Or they might find a way of destroying your mill if you own one, which is part of why the millers want to appease them. Mm-hmm. They're especially feared for drowning their victims or dragging them down to their underwater realm and forcing them to become slaves. Okay. So they basically kill them and then they I, something like maybe reanimate them or somehow control them and turn them into slaves down under the water. It's pretty dark. When they drown people, they are really fond of choosing inexperienced swimmers. Hmm. Which, That's you harsh. know. <laughs> <laughs> you have no chance of escaping. <laughs> what a dick move. Like, yeah. Why? Well, I think drowning is a pretty dick move no matter what. I mean, it is, but also I feel like a lot of people who are weak swimmers are already very anxious about being in the water because they mm-hmm. know they're not that good at swimming. It's just fucking mean. That's so mean. How do you become a good swimmer if every time you get in the water you're threatened to be drowned by something that's going to pull you down? You don't. You never yeah. go in the water ever again. They're also known to drown animals or sometimes lure a more suitable victim to the water's edge. So they'll do this with like shiny ribbons and um, bobbins and little shiny things. They get shiny people, are, people are like, ooh, it's sparkling. 
<laughs> they're like raccoons. They're like, ooh. <laughs> Shiny ribbons. <laughs> and such a sad thing to die for. <laughs> Do you guys ever see Pocahontas? Yeah. The raccoon and Pocahontas. and Pocahontas. Nico, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? What's that? I need it. Totally like that. Because who can resist a fancy ribbon, right? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong unless it's near the water. Then I yeah. might rethink my life choices. <laughs> you're walking along the water's edge. You see that fancy ribbon. Oh, I know what you're doing. Oh, I know what game you're You're not going to get me. I'm an Olympic swimmer. You don't know that I'm lying, but that's what I'm going to say. And I'm just going to walk on off. See, Lindsay, I feel like this would be the point where you go and you find that person that you have on your hit list that we seem to talk so often about and you say, hey, hey, there's a ribbon over there. Will you go get it for me? I was actually picturing like a Tiny Tim type character walking past the water's edge. After after, like some strong young man comes walking by and they're like, not that one. And then some lady and they're like, maybe. And then all of a sudden Tiny Tim comes by and they're like, that one. That's the one. Oh, that's so right. Shiny ribbons. We all went completely different directions because as soon as you were like, I'm an Olympic swimmer, I was like picturing Michael Phelps like collecting shiny ribbons. He does like his ribbons, doesn't he? He likes shiny things. I mean, he's got a bunch of medals and trophies and shit. You never know. He's just a giant lean trash panda. That's all he is. <laughs> but the, the idea of them waiting out for that Tiny Tim character, it tracks because they will sit for hours and hours and hours and wait for the right p- prey to get within reach. That's fucked up. They're patient. That's messed up. So if they snag you and they drown you, then they'll drown you. What they'll do is they'll they'll trap your soul in a cup or a teapot with a lid and then they'll take these cups or teapots and they'll show off their screaming soul-filled cups to all the other vaginoi. I hate these things. <laughs> they just got this cup and it's like ah! I'm claustrophobic. Don't you dare put my soul in a tiny cup. Apparently it's kind of like um, the cups are like a status symbol for these things. So they collect them. It's the kind of their way of showing how rich they are. It's like their gold. Look how rich and screaming, terrified, tormented souls I am. Uh-huh. But you can, the souls can be set free. So if, if they open the lid to the cup or the teapot, the souls get out. So I kind of personally pictured like the vaginoi that have it out for each other, go, breaking into each other's homes and just being like, <laughs> taking all the lids off and letting all the souls free. And then it's like that moment in uh, The Little Mermaid when the evil sea witch's magic is broken and all the things are like, hey, we went up out of the water. Hey. <laughs> I wonder if that's where they got the inspiration for the sea witch. These things kind of seem sea witchy. So if you're a beautiful woman, you could escape the fate of drowning, although I think you still die. I'm not sure how exactly it works. But you're not going to become one of their screaming cups. Instead, they'll take you as their wife. Aren't you no, so lucky? No, that's worse. Put me in the cup. <laughs> Just 
put me in yeah. the cup. I don't want this. So they, I, I'm, I don't think they drown you and put you in the cup. I think they drown you and then marry you. No, I want to go in the cup instead. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Literally, I will not do it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem to take a whole lot to make these things angry. They are bathing at midday or anytime during the night or on a holy day. Uh, or drinking on a holy day. If you go and like get water or I think even just get drunk on a holy day, that gets them pissed off. Collecting water after dark. So basically, there are no night trips to go get water if you're thirsty. You're screwed. But you also, like, you can't bathe at midday. You can't bathe during the night. You can't bathe on a holy day. Those people must have been stinky. Only morning baths. Apparently. Before it gets hot and you start sweating. Which defeats the purpose of the bath. Although it is in Russia, so I don't know how hot it actually gets in Russia. Well, Russia's a big country. There's a lot of it that's really cold, but there's plenty of it that's very hot. They have deserts. That's true. Mm -hmm. They also really don't like it when people brag about their swimming skills. So they're really fond of picking off the really bad swimmers, but they (laughs) love to drag down the people who can't manage to humble brag at all. So what you're saying is they really would probably try to drown Michael Phelps. (laughs) (laughs) They could try. Probably only if he was walking, like, strutting by with all of his, like, gold medals around his neck. Like, (laughs) Ooh, a ribbon. Suck my dick. Ooh, a ribbon. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, my God. If Michael Phelps ever hears this, he's probably like, oh my god, how'd she hear my song? How did she know? <laughs> That's my jam. <laughs> Wiretap you, Michael Phelps. It's our secret. So it shouldn't be too hard to avoid these things because uh, they're really not bashful. They really make their presence known whenever they surface by making really loud, obnoxious, splashing noises. So you should be able to tell when one's nearby. Guess that's a perk. Aside from their love of drowning and enslaving, they're known to enjoy a few other less lethal pastimes that are probably not not the greatest for an aquatic lifestyle. So these include things like playing a game of cards. That's great in water. Paper. (laughs) They must laminate them or something. They also like to smoke a pipe. And this is, I don't know if you guys remember last week when you saw waterproof tobacco on my... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is what I was talking about. <laughs> there were um, there were a few mentions of occasions when they could be helpful. These th- they appeared to mostly be related to fishermen. They're said to have ensured safe sailing or driven fish into the nets of fishermen that they liked. But this is I think from what I can tell, and I'll get into it in a minute. This is usually because they were given a gift, like playing cards and tobacco. Apparently. So, yeah, tobacco's one of them. Or like a weak swimmer to drown, probably. Mm-hmm. Oh, there are, yeah, there are some stories about people sacrificing other people to the vaginoi. Not even surprised. We are bad. Yeah. <laughs> it, so, much like the kappa, the, the wrath of the vaginoi are still really feared in small rural Russian villages. 
So you know how the Kappa, they still put up signs and stuff to warn you about them? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing here. I don't know that they have signs everywhere, but especially in like the northern regions as it gets closer to the White Sea, people still fear these things. Because of this, retrieving the bodies of drowning or aquatic suicide victims was and is still sometimes thought to really piss them off because those are supposed to be their spoils. Mm. Which is sad. Yeah. So when those victims, if they are retrieved, they can't be buried in Russian Orthodox cemeteries for that same reason. To not piss off the water kings. Isn't that sad? That's weird. I just like don't understand why creatures that drown people and stuff care so much about holy days and who gets buried in a cemetery. That's just a mashup of ancient faiths and traditions meeting Christianity. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of together. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Mind your own business. Let people get buried. Come on. <laughs> It's just rude. It is rude. I mean, they can still get buried. They're just not buried in the cemeteries, which I think is probably really sad for a lot of the the families that are Russian Orthodox because they're hardcore believers that if you're not buried in the cemetery, it's not consecrated ground. It is. It's a big deal. Mm -hmm. It's a huge deal. So when you pull a body out of the water, this is going to be, this is dark. But when you pull a body out of the water, there are marks and bruises often on them because there's currents and there are creatures and rocks and things and they get beat up. Mm -hmm. And so when they would pull these people out of the water and they see these marks, it's often thought that it's the evidence of the struggle with the water kings. Okay. So it's, it's just another idea that enforces the water kings and and their power and their presence even to this day since they're so feared people have historically made sacrifices and giving given offerings to them as we kind of touched on a minute ago fishermen were known to chuck tobacco or butter i don't know why butter but they just chuck it into the water everyone loves butter so that's true (laughs) it's just butter so good it's so good (laughs) fuck you margarine go away (laughs) you were meant to fatten things up we don't like you go away butter's everything (laughs) millers especially they wanted to keep the vaginoi happy so they would offer things like food vodka and animal sacrifices it's even believed and like we discussed it's probably pretty likely that they would sacrifice humans because that's really what that's what the the water kings valued the most yep so they'd just be like here take them Possibly Lindsay. Here, take them. <laughs> Tim's available. <laughs> Wee. Variations of this creature or god or spirit can be found in many other countries, including Germany, Poland, Belarus, Bulgaria, Ukraine, Czech Republic, loads. It's it's a really common, surprisingly common. I'd never heard of them before until I started doing research for this, but apparently it's extremely common over there over there in that whole gigantic region on the other side of the planet over there. <laughs> so American. Whatever. We're not good at describing stuff. 
<laughs> Especially when it involves things that are not in this country. We are terrible at it. We can't even describe things in this country. I forgot what the Golden Gate Bridge was called the other day. I called it the San Francisco Bridge. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that bridge. <laughs> that golden San Francisco bridge thing. But yeah, my six-year-old corrected me. Oh, Mom, is it the Golden Gate Bridge? <laughs> that had to feel good. I'm, I'm going to get a master's someday. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, over there. It's popular. In pop culture, these uh, they're seen in novels from China. One of them was called Perdido Street Station, The Czech Republic, Milos Urban, and the UK, Child of Vaginoi. So those are the titles because I didn't lead that in for myself. And since I wrote this a while ago, I was like, what the hell am I talking about? Yeah, so <laughs> from China, Perdido Street Station, from Czech Republic, Milos Urban, and the UK, Child of Vaginoi. And many of these, many of these ended up being adapted into TV or feature-length films in their respective countries. Aside from UK, I would not have understood any of the words in any of them, so I was not looking those up. But they're out there if you speak Russian or Chinese. They do also show up in an episode of Legend Quest on Netflix and hmm. in several video games, including The Witcher and Dungeons and Dragons. Hmm. So they, they do pop up. I have not seen The Witcher yet. Have you? I have. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot about it other than Henry Cavill's hot. And also, I don't know the name of the actress, but the lady that plays Yennefer is also very hot. And it was distracting, <laughs> and I don't really remember that much about it. I just remembered enjoying watching Henry Cavill walk away. That ass. Mm-hmm. So those are the Vaginoi. <laughs> They're creepy. They're, They're they really- are creepy. They, see, you said that they weren't that scary, and I agree, but they are still creepy, which is yeah. a different thing. And it's obviously a pretty big real fear for many people in Russia and, and in those other signs. countries. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they post signs, but they won't bury people who they think are victims. That's so crazy. That just sucks. Oh my god, my dog is an a-hole. Well, that's good, because we're going to take a quick coffee break, and we'll be right back for more delectable tales of Russian cryptids. (laughs) I see what you did there, and it was good. It was good! (laughs) Do you often find that you need a distraction from everyday life? Do you like true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, and other weird, dark tales? Well, tune in and turn up Weird Distractions Podcast, where we, your hosts, Christy and Alex, bring you a weird distraction to help you get through the work week. Every Sunday morning, you can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Good Pods, and more. So, grab a snack, get comfy, and make sure to lock those doors. Need a distraction? We We got got you. Break time is over. Let's serve up our next dish. Trying to find some transitions here. (laughs) 
Next, prepare your taste buds for some spicy flavor from the frigid north as I serve up the devil of Labinkier Lake. Nice. That's as close as I'm getting. Labinkier. I approve. Yeah, that's so many consonants. Guess where? What? Guess the one and only vowel. Was it a Y? y? Do you guys consider Y a vowel? Yes. Am I am I too old? I just had A E I O U. And why sometimes is a sometimes why? vowel? Why is a liar? Forget this. Game. <laughs> We're not doing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I like shattered your whole life. <laughs> oh god. Okay, so my sources for this are it's something wiki. SiberianTimes.com, which I actually uh, read several articles from Siberian Times, DenverMichaels.net, TripsToSiberia.com, and LiveScience.com. So for this story, we need to head to the lake just outside of the world's coldest permanently inhabited village, Oymyakin. Sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. The lake, which is only 17.26 square miles, 44.7 square kilometers for our friends across the pond in area. Uh, it has a max depth of 246 feet, so that's 75 meters. It's home to a creature known locally as the devil. The devil has another nickname that's really not all that surprising. Can you guess what this lake monster's other nickname is? The lake monster? <laughs> Siberia's Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> How many times have I covered a lake monster in its local yeah. version of yeah. the Loch Ness? It's frustrating sometimes. Be more creative. No. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. It's too much work. <laughs> so sightings of the devil date back to at least the mid-1800s, but they likely date back a whole lot further among the indigenous people of the region, who they won't settle anywhere near the lake. So it's it's they're afraid of something in the lake, and they have been for quite a while because they have not had any permanent settlements next to the lake. Hmm. The general consensus consensus about what this creature looks like is that it's dark gray in color. It's about 30 feet long, so that's 9.1 meters. It's a big creature. Four feet wide, 1.2 meters, with a head that's roughly one-third the length of its entire body. So if you're a 30-foot long or 9-meter long thing, you have a 10-foot or 3-meter head. That's huge. That's an impressive head. That is an impressive head. <laughs> it is an impressive head. I bet those eyes are at least six inches apart. I would hope a little bit further apart, but yes, very impressive. Yeah, on a head that's four feet. It, well, it's four feet wide. I'm not sure how big, how wide the head is. Could you imagine is. if the head was four feet wide and like the eyes were only six inches apart? <laughs> <laughs> that would be hysterical. <laughs> I love it. Let me get my glasses. <laughs> I can't see. Good luck finding glasses that make it to the edges. <laughs> they're like goggles, but they're like little glasses. Did they look like wear them around his head? Like bubbles glasses from Trailer Park Boys, where they make his eyes look super big, but they're really close together. <laughs> Oh my god, it would look like they had googly eyes. Yeah. 
yes. I don't and have an astigmatism. My eyes are just really close together. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Adam Sandler when he's the water boy. <laughs> you do. <laughs> okay, so it's got this big head. The big head, it's, it, uh, it's shaped like a bird's beak, and it's filled with really sharp teeth. That's horrifying. I hate it. Yeah, right? I, not, I was not expecting that. I don't like it. I'm not laughing anymore. Now I'm crabbing my <laughs> <laughs> Well, now you know why people are afraid of it. I'm picturing that um, the head thing from Beetlejuice. Me too! Yes! That's immediately where I went, and I was like, do not want. Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. 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 <laughs> I picture it as a cross between that and like a squid's beak. Have you ever seen a squid's beak? Yes. Yes. Oh my Mm -hmm. god, that's so creepy. I hate it. (laughs) But with teeth. No, I hate it. Mm -hmm. I would never live anywhere near this. Well, now you know why people are afraid of it. Well, could you imagine just seeing like the back humps of it and you're like, oh, that's really pretty. And then this like horrifying (laughs) thing, its face comes out of the water and you're just like, oh my god. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) I can't. You you said back humps? (laughs) Oh my god. Back humps. My face again. I have to switch it. The Quasimodo comes out of the water. Oh, God. Ashley, you good? <laughs> so, I think I'm okay. <laughs> oh, that was a lot. <laughs> I was starting to recover, and then she said Quasimodo. And <laughs> <laughs> just, like, rapidly took a turn back down. <laughs> okay, so it's uh, it's a big fish. It has a big old beak. It's a Quasimodo. Humpy, humpy. Some re- <laughs> some reports even say it has a horn-like protrusion on its head, and it's said to make a terrible sound likened to a prime evil cry. When we're talking a horn, are we thinking like a narwhal horn? Yeah, I, I'm thinking that's kind of what it, it they describe. Okay. And I think I read a, a few stories where they describe it coming up through the bottoms of boats. Okay. But it's on the head, so it has to be narwhal-like. It's not, like, devil horns. Okay. Just making sure I'm on the right track. And I don't think it's, like, a rhinoceros, either. It's something bigger. So, like, the world's most terrifying unicorn. Yes. Yes. The, it's the unicorn of your nightmares. It there are no rainbows coming out of that guy's butt. Mm-hmm. No. The, the body of it is, it's said to be more reminiscent of an elongated lizard than a fish. So some of the descriptions had that it has short legs or fins and a long tail. And it's led to a lot of people to hypothesize the very typical hypothesis that it's a prehistoric relic that kind of escaped extinction. Like the plesiosaurs, lariosaurs, that sort of thing. It's a me! Terrifying Larry. <laughs> I'm Akilia Dreams. Oh no. <laughs> no. I don't want my dreams to be killed. Come on. Oh. No. So now we, we have the description. Let's talk about some of the sightings and the history of this. Because there actually have been a fair number of quote unquote scientific sightings of this. Ooh, scientific ones. 
Yeah, a decent <laughs> amount of history behind it. So there's a there's a book that's purportedly written by Jenedy Baradulin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's entitled Trip to the Cold Pole, and it recounts a story of a nomadic family that had followed their reindeer near the lake during the early 1920s. So it was this nomadic family. They're running around with the reindeer. The reindeer get near the lake and they're going with it. They have a five-year-old child that went down to the banks. And while the family wasn't really paying much attention, suddenly they hear this terrified screaming. They go running to the water's edge and then they see the child being dragged out to the center of the lake, which is really okay. just horrifying. And this is, this is all coming from this book. The grandfather of the child went out the same night to kill the devil. And there's a story of like this epic battle that ensues. Grandpa prevails. The devil's body washed ashore the next morning and they cut the creature open and pulled out the body of the child. And it was like the whole body. This thing basically swallowed the kid hole, which there are stories of sharks doing things like that. Mm -hmm. Why would you have all those teeth and be swallowing things whole though well sharks have teeth and they can do stuff like that too i, I don't like I mean, it joel has teeth and he swallows things <laughs> whole. i don't know <laughs> god <laughs> i'm always yelling at him to chew his food he's just like nope <laughs> oh my god that face <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just unhinges his jaw and pythons the whole thing. <laughs> no, I just picture him spending like all day, like just slowly eating a banana. Because <laughs> he's like, he's not chewing it. That's frighteningly accurate. <laughs> uh, now I've changed your, your view of Joel. <laughs> Okay, so we pull out the body of the, bo- the child. I saw this author's story. It was cited on multiple websites that I went to, but when I went and tried to look for the book to find the publishing date, because that's generally what I do, I'm going to try and find you the date that it was published, you know, maybe what country it came from, whatever I can find. I couldn't find it anywhere. No information about this. It's possible that it was written in Russian and that's like the translated English version. So when I searched for it using English translation, it it didn't pop up. But either way, I could not confirm that this account actually exists in print anywhere other than what the sites say it does. I thought it was kind of shady. So I'm putting it out there, but I can't confirm. There are also accounts, and I'm sorry, dog lovers, there are accounts of swimming dogs disappearing. Mm. As in, they see the lake monster come up and just... The dog is gone. Sorry. There are accounts of reindeer being dragged under and entire groups of people falling beneath ice that's reported to have been broken from below by the massive horn. So that's what it was. It wasn't about it. Was, it was the ice. In his diary from a 1953 expedition to the region, Russian geologist Viktor Verdoklubov there are so many extra letters in that that I did not pronounce, but I'm pretty sure it's Verdoklubov. Nailed it. We're going with it. Wrote about stories that the locals told him that said the creature was so large that the distance between its eyes was wider than a fisherman's raft. So yeah, that's bigger than six inches. Thank God. 
That's one hell of a head. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, I, I'm even more impressed now. How big is their fisherman raft? Of course, I picture a raft like a uh, Moana-style raft out there. But it's, I don't think they're talking about that kind of... Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't sure. think it's going to be a Huckleberry Finn-type raft. I think it's No, it's probably like... more like canoe. Canoe-like. So this guy, he, he, he went out there and he was getting accounts from people. And he went and observed Lake Lebinkier, but didn't see any strange creatures there. But they did travel to another nearby lake called Lake Varota. And that's when he witnessed something that he thought he was pretty sure it was the devil. Which, you know, Lake Lebinkier, Lake Verona, those aren't the same lakes, right? Mm-hmm. Why would we talk about Lake Verona? Hmm, you might be asking. No? Okay. Well, I'm asking it for you. Why would we be talking about a totally separate lake? Oh, that's a very good question, Lindsay. I'm so glad you asked it. I didn't have to look this up. <laughs> There are some theories that the two lakes, uh, they're only about 12 miles apart, so it's 20 kilometers, that there's theories that they're connected by underground channels. So there are like thousands of lakes in this region. It would have to be some pretty big channels, though, to be able to transport this huge aquatic beast with a big horn on its head. Mm-hmm. Just but it's not it, it's not impossible. I mean, we have huge uh, caverns underneath portions of our co- own country, underneath like Oklahoma. We have massive water supplies down there. It's like underwater lakes or underwater lakes, underground lakes, <laughs> <laughs> underwater lake. Those actually do happen, but that's something else. <laughs> As opposed to above ground lakes, which are the inbred cousin of underwater. <laughs> Not as fancy. You don't want to spend more money on those. <laughs> for poor people. <laughs> you had to add for poor people. <laughs> I feel personally attacked. <laughs> so it's, it's not impossible that these two lakes are connected. It wouldn't be that hard for them to really check for this. But as far as I know, they haven't really gone out to look for it. What's really interesting about it, though, is that according to biogeographer Dr. Ludmila Emilianov, Nova, Emilianova, there we go, I got it. I tried, like, even phonetically putting them in, I still can't, because it's just so ridiculous. It's a hard language. It it really is. What's interesting about this is that according to biographer Dr. Ludmila, oh my god, (laughs) just forget it. Although there are hundreds of lakes near these two, like I was talking to you about before, there's there's loads of them. These are the only two that have stories of monsters, which okay. kind of gives you something to think about. And they're, from what I can tell, they're probably the two largest that are close to each other. Although you can find Lake Lebinkier on a map, you cannot, I did not find Lake Verota on a map. Hmm. So it must not be quite as big. It has to be smaller, I would think. In his July 1953 journal entry, he said that he and fellow geologist Boris Bashkatov were hiking around the edge of Lake Verota when they saw this massive dark creature moving below the surface of the water. The creature, it was so big that it, it was swimming several hundred meters out, but it created waves that were large enough to reach the legs of the geologists. 
That's a pretty good size. If you're out several hundred meters, they've got to be some decent waves to get that far. Following the publication of Victor's Diary in the early 1960s, tourism to the region increased and more sightings were reported. And this time it started to become more of a creature with a long neck, which is really not surprising because you got to think about how popular Nessie was. Mm -hmm. I think the really iconic picture of Nessie came out in 1934. That's the one where it's like this, which turns out it actually was a fake. It was just a hand in the water, but... So it's around that same time period that Nessie fever would have been going on. So they go out, tourism, they're starting to see a creature with a long neck. Although tourism has increased to the lake that, by the way, never fully freezes, most accounts appear to come from fishermen who report a massive beast pushing their boats up from below. Kind of like in Jaws, which would be freaking horrifying. I don't like that. Yeah. And it tears gigantic holes in nets that are supposed to be strong enough to hold any known fish in the lake. Mm-hmm. No. So based on the demographics of the fish, these nets should be more than strong enough to hold anything there, and yet they're getting ripped to shreds. In 2006, a team of researchers was using a fish-finding sonar machine to image the, the lake and the lake bed. And beneath their boat, they observed a swimming object that's about 21 feet long. So that's six and a half meters. It's not quite as big as some of the estimations, but that's, you know, estimations. They claimed that this was clearly not a normal fish and it was definitely not a tree. They could tell that it was a living creature. There are like pictures of it online, but it's kind of hard to say. It's a sonar picture. I'm not trained in sonar pictures, so I don't know. I mean, babies look like little aliens when you do take the sonar little things. They do. My eldest looked like Voldemort. I'm hoping it's not too accurate. Well, as long as his nose doesn't fall off at some point, I think you're good. Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Never know. (laughs) Leprosy is still so common, right? (laughs) Got your nose? Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I really got your nose. (laughs) Oh, no. Ew, put it back, put it back, super glue. <laughs> Duct tape solves everything, right? Mm-hmm. In January 2013, another team of researchers went out to the lake, and they went during the coldest time of the year to conduct a dive and document and collect samples like water, plants, animals, kind of document what was going on in the lake, do a really full-scale study to better understand the lake. And they claimed to have seen a really large jawbone and a skeleton sitting on the lake bottom, but they didn't bring back any evidence. No photograph, or they didn't grab the bones or anything, which, you know, as a scientific expedition, that's a little bit weird. You would think you would want to document that. If you're... The purpose of what you're doing is to say, let's document the creatures and species that are here. Maybe bring back evidence of the species. A few years later, in 2016, Andrei Solovyev, there we go. Who'd set up a winter... It was like a winter-long camp. He, he went there for the winter time to just kind of chill out in a log cabin that's literally right on the lake. It's right up next to the lake. He had some major issues with his fishing nets. He reported that his nets were torn to shreds in September. 
and he'd never seen anything like that. And then not long after that, he started to see a large dark creature that was swimming out in the lake. But he unfortunately didn't capture it on film either. I'm not really that surprised. He was probably out there for months on end. Winter's probably pretty long where he's at. So you're not out there with a camera every single moment mm-hmm. of every day trying to capture something. So he, he's hoping that since he lives next to the lake, he'll have another chance. But I haven't seen anything. So obviously for what is a really remote location, there are quite a few witness accounts, but because it is so remote, getting out there to do more detailed observations is difficult. Although they've obviously sent out scientists on multiple occasions. Mm -hmm. I think that's really interesting that they've sent out scientists to go and study this lake and scientists are like, hmm, there's something unusual going on here, but they never take any freaking evidence. Wait a half-assed it, guys. Yeah, I don't think they know how to do science properly, maybe. I think there are different standards in different countries. We'll just put it that way. You're supposed to get evidence. Yeah. Just, uh, that'd be good. Well, skeptics don't think there's anything there, which isn't a surprise. The common explanations for what people have witnessed are things like large salmon, pike, or dogfish. Do you know what a dogfish is? Yeah. You do? Okay. See, the only one I'd ever heard called a dogfish was a shark. But this is a freshwater lake, so I was like, what the heck? Why would a dogfish be there? It's actually a different fish. It's another name for a bowfin fish, a.k.a. the mudfish, if you're familiar with them at all. I was not. Bowfin are really aggressive. They are dark in color, but they don't get super big, especially in a region that's really cold. It takes a lot of energy to get big when you're that cold. That's what he said. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) I was in the pool (laughs) I was swimming in the lake it's really cold I'm a grower not a shower hashtag unimpressed (laughs) continue so I'm gonna kind of pick apart a little bit of the scientific side of this like I said, it, it it's unlikely that you'll have anything get that big because it's so cold. So, and that would be true for all the the fish suspects. Mm-hmm. They can grow to about a meter and a half under ideal conditions, but that lake does not have ideal conditions. And a meter and a half is nowhere near what anybody else has seen. That's definitely much smaller than the nine meters of the original eyewitness accounts or even the, what, six meters that the scientists saw on the sonar. Mm-hmm. Remember earlier that I mentioned that people suspect there are two lakes, uh, the Lake Labinkir and Verona, that they might somehow be connected and that the beast swims back and forth between them. Mm-hmm. Dr. Emelianova, who's the one I talked about before, whose name I couldn't pronounce then either, she noted that these two lakes are the only ones in the regions to have the sightings, but also... She noted that Lake Libinkir has a fish population that doesn't make sense based on looking at the lake bed. It manages to support at least 13 species of fish, but it doesn't have any plants. Hmm. It's a barren lake bottom, which is really weird because although fish fish will eat each other. Yeah. Yeah. Not, that's not uncommon. It's highly unlikely that that is the only thing that they're eating. That's bizarre. If there aren't any plants, where else are they getting nutrients to be able to support a population? Because if you just keep eating everybody, you have no population left. Yeah, that's weird. There is some evidence to support that there's something else going on that they don't yet know. So this 
could possibly support the theory that the two lakes are connected. Um, so could, like again, they have to get, be getting their food from somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I imagine that there is some detritus that falls in from plants that might be around the lake edges, but it doesn't. From looking at pictures of the lake, it doesn't look like there's a whole bunch that's crowded right up against it. It's pretty set out in a way, so there can't be that much that's coming into it. So I don't know. Possible. There is, I believe, a stream that feeds into the lake. So if they can swim upstream, that might be where they're getting their food from. Just throwing some ideas out there. Of course, there are, as always, the usual theories that perhaps there's an ancient species that gets trapped in the lake. There are also theories that it could be uh, a whale species that got trapped but was never documented by science. Because the lakes are constantly moving around, especially in Russia with thaws and freezes and Russian lakes change shapes all the freaking time. They've had entire lakes just disappear. So personally, I, I, I'm i always a fan of the idea of large relics like Nessie and Larry and the, the Binkier Devil, but they're just so unlikely. Mm-hmm. In almost every occasion, it just doesn't make sense based on the geographic, how settled a lot of these locations are, access to food, all that. It doesn't make sense. None of the ancient creatures were immortal. So they're, they're not immortal jellyfish. Yeah. They're not vaginoi. So for, it would take multiple of them in any given area to be able to continue a population up to modern times. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you're going to have multiples in a given lake... Each additional organism makes it more likely that you're going to see it and it's going to be discovered because it's not like they can migrate away from an enclosed lake. Yep. It's not like Bigfoot that can go running off into the forest and then you lose it in the forest. It's in a lake. Mm-hmm. And if there there have to be multiples for a population to continue. So I as, mu- as much fun as they are, I don't buy them personally. Mm-hmm. There's potentially a fish here that they don't understand. There may be some underwater connection between Lake Verota and Lake Vinkier. Listeners can decide for yourselves what you believe, but I personally am not a fan. What about you guys? I mean, I'm going to say no, mostly because I'm hoping to sleep later. And I would like to think that there's not a giant Beetlejuice-faced monster (laughs) like with a narwhal horn just devouring children whole. I'm going to second that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if where this is at, polar bears or other large carnivores are that common. It is a very, very cold region. Like I said, it's the, it's the coldest permanent inhabitants in the whole world is a town nearby. So it's very, very cold. But it could be that there are large creatures, carnivores that swim in the lake and they're like, hey, there's a kid playing by the edge of the lake that looks like dinner. Uh-huh. I don't yeah. have to eat shitty fish again. Yeah. Long pig sounds good to me tonight. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's the, la- the that's the devil. I'm, I can't with the names. <laughs> the devil fish. Yeah. We're going to head back to the kitchen and check on the status of the final taste for tonight. We'll be right back. I have one more little bite for you, fresh from the kitchen. This was something I actually remembered making the it made the news a few years back, so I really wanted to touch on it because I always thought this was so cool and so weird, and I think you guys might remember it. My sources for this one are SiberianTimes.com, 
thesun.co.uk, and dolphincommunicationproject.org. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So back in June of 2015, this mysterious creature washed ashore on the Russian island of Sakhalin, which is it's off the eastern coast of Russia and it's just north of Japan. I looked at it on the map because I wasn't sure where it was at. It's a big beast that's estimated to be between two and three meters in length, depending on the source. It had a long beak-like snout and it was entirely covered in fur that was described as white, but but I think it looks a lot more like gray if you look at the pictures. The body was really badly decomposed with its spine kind of protruding and its rib cage entirely exposed, which, you know, that's going to it's going to make visual identification more challenging because you're looking you're not getting a complete picture of anything. Mm-hmm. You're not getting what it looks like in life. You're not getting what it looks like in death. Unfortunately, before it could be officially identified, the carcass washed back into the sea and was lost. There were unsurprisingly a lot of theories swirling around it. Uh, The most common was that this was a species of ancient woolly dolphin, calling it a prehistoric-like mutant. That's a little mean. This one's funny. There was a a joke circulating in Russia, or... Yeah, I think this one came from Russia, that the the water off the coast of Russia was so cold that even the dolphins had to grow fur. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Russians think of their water. (laughs) It's so cold here. (laughs) So scientists have speculated that it's actually... Likely a species of dolphin, possibly a Ganges River dolphin, because this now really closely resembles that species. But the Ganges River dolphin is not only endangered, but it also, it's a freshwater river dolphin. So there's no way that it's going to survive in the saltwater in the ocean. I I think it's also blind. So good luck swimming from the Ganges in India to Russia. (laughs) Like way over off the coast, the eastern coast of Russia. Probably unlikely. So because that one didn't make a little sense, I did some personal digging (laughs) uh, about other possible dolphin explanations because if you look at it, it really does, it looks like a woolly dolphin. This thing is covered in fur. Thick fur. I found that there's a species of common dolphin called Delphinus capensis, which is known as the long-nosed or long-beaked dolphin. Hmm. It's found in the waters around Japan, so it's a potential culprit. Additionally, species of common dolphin can grow up to 13 meters, or 13 meters, 13 feet, 4 meters in length, which is just a little bit larger than what that deceased animal was estimated at, so that's the right size. Hmm. Yeah. It has a similar physique, it's the right size. What about the hair? How many of you guys have seen hairy dolphins? I cannot say I have ever seen a hairy dolphin. I have not either. Right. And this thing was absolutely covered here. I'll see if I can show you a quick picture just so you know what we're looking at. That's the fur all over it. Can you see that all right? Mm-mm. Mm, no. I can't really make it out. I mean, I have shitty eyesight, though, so. <laughs> well, poop. I was hoping I could show that to you, but never mind. Well, just take my word for it. It's covered in fur. <laughs> I believe you. It's the furry dolphin. So why would it be covered in fur? Well, let me tell you why. Dolphins are mammals. Dolphins are mammals, just like us. Cats, dogs, beavers, beaver mm-hmm. duck hybrids. Mm-hmm. Beaver duck hybrids. Stop watching, boys. You would just throw out a beaver duck hybrid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a mammal. 
And all mammals have hair at some point in their lives. That is a defining characteristic of mammals. Mammals have a, or mammals, dolphins have a really small amount and it's usually around their snouts that they use, they, they lose it after birth, but they have fur, they have hair. Because they are mammals, there is a possibility that this was simply a genetic mutation, possibly caused by something like hypertrichosis. You guys ever heard of werewolf syndrome? No. Yes. Werewolf syndrome. So those are that's like when you see the people that are covered in excessive hair growth. So it's like the wolf boys of South America. Is that it? You don't know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what's going on right now. (laughs) Hypertrichosis causes excessive hair growth. So the people could have way too much hair, like too much beard. Or some people will be entirely covered from head to toe in fur and hair. So it could be that this dolphin suffered from a genetic mutation that's exceptionally rare. And it just happened to be completely covered in fur. Which would have been great for right along the Russian coast. If that thing had survived, that's an evolutionary plus right there. Yeah, definitely. It's like, I am more suited for this water than any dolphin that's come before me. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the the that's the Sakhalin carcass. I'll, we'll share some pictures so everybody can see for themselves just how furry furry this thing was. Uh, the general consensus in the scientific community is that it's not some prehistoric woolly dolphin because that's just silly. It's probably just a mutant, but it's still really freaking cool. That does sound pretty cool, actually. I thought it was so cool. I remembered seeing this thing online and being like, "What is that?" I googled it and like um. That's a very furry dolphin. Right? A lot of hair. It's covered in hair. It's very furry. But you can absolutely tell that that's got to be a dolphin. Yeah, I I was kind of curious about that just because you said that, you know, part of it was exposed and everything. I just wanted to get a better look at the actual shape of the body, but it has to be a dolphin. Like, what yeah. else could that even be? Nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't. I didn't see anything that clearly showed the uh, tail fin, which yeah. is a really good way to tell whether you're looking at a dolphin because of their tail fins sit like horizontally to their body. So they flap up and down where fish have theirs vertical. So they left and right. That makes sense. Now that you got to the end of the thought I was before I was a little lost. <laughs> yeah, no, there's there's almost crossed their butts like a T at the back. Yeah, you're right. They do. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't see the tail in the picture either that I was looking at. Not that I noticed, but it does have a dorsal fin. It has that long snout that is very classically dolphin. The size of it and the general morphology of it appears very dolphin, but it's covered in freaking fur. It's so cool. But that they don't know. They don't know for sure what it is. So we'll call it a Russian cryptid because we don't know. It has not officially been identified. So those are my Russian cryptids for you guys today. Do we have anything special we wanted to talk about? Anything good? Um, my dog finally decided to lay down and take a nap because we're done now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's where my day is at. <laughs> you pretty much have a child. Yep. 
Um, I love her so much. Like, I don't know if she's a hundred percent, like, she's definitely not as much work as a child because, like, I don't want to insult parents. I couldn't, I couldn't have, like, human children because I can barely take care of this dog. But she is, um, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say she's a trickster again because it's like, the, <laughs> that's like the most loving way to say she drives me insane. That I <laughs> that's fair. That's, fair. That's a lot like children. She loves me, though, and I love her, so I can't complain. I guess it's worth it in the end. I'm participating in uh, Dry January. I saw, yeah, I you, you tweeted about it, right? I think I saw a tweet earlier today. Yeah, I have, uh, there's a loved one in my life that is battling with the addiction, and I've been feeling like I needed to kind of 2020 was rough and there was a yes. lot more drinking than I would like to admit. I don't mind having a drink now and again, but there was way too much. So because they were participating in dry January and I thought it would help them to have some support, I decided to do it too. Nice. Yeah, that's really nice. It only took about two days for my kids to drive me so crazy that I was really wishing I wasn't participating. <laughs> I haven't had any alcohol in... Probably about four years, maybe. Well, it's 2021 now, so I guess five years. That's a long time. Uh, I have never in my life uh, felt the repeated urge to be drunk like I did last year uh, regularly. So I'd really like for that to stop. (laughs) Yeah, 2020 was rough. Having the kids at home all the time, just the anxiety in general of the year, of, of the suffering of everything. Thank God it's 2021 and let's pray to whatever my heathen heart believes in. Mm-hmm. Or your heathen hearts too. That something better comes out of this year. I ask the universe for stuff because I can't ask anything. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> well, you know what the universe gave us? Pineapple Pizza Podcast. We already know 2021 is going to be better. There you go. So on that bright note, Lindsay, did you have anything good happen? I recently watched Ali Wong's um, second Netflix special, Hard Knock Wife. And it was really good. She is extremely candid about like childbirth and motherhood and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I actually had to stop watching it halfway through because I was laughing so hard I was giving myself like the coughs, <laughs> where I'm like coughing excessively and I can't like just relax. So I had to like watch it as a two parter, but <laughs> it was really good. I highly recommend any lady to watch Hard Knock Wife by Ali Wong. It's brilliant. I've never seen anything by her. Have you, Ashley? Um, I watched. A stand-up special that she did at one point, but I don't remember what it was called. Was it Baby Cobra? Yes, I think that's what it was. And it's very fun. Like, even as someone who can't always identify with some of the material that she does, I still think it's very funny. And I think that's a hard sell in a lot of ways because the reason jokes work are because you recognize how true and absurd they are. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I will sometimes laugh even though I don't completely get it mm-hmm. means that she's a very talented 
comedian. Like, a lot of times when I don't get jokes, I will just sit there and be like, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Yeah. Like, at one point, she compares um, newborns to Tamagotchis and um, about how Tamagotchis are way better than actual children because at least they tell you when they poop. (laughs) without without you having to guess it was it was very good very good and i appreciated the fact that she goes through a lot of like the horrible things that happen post childbirth that no one ever tells you about i think that was the part where i really started losing it because how she was describing those things was just like perfect it was exactly how i would describe it if i had the words that she has. So yeah, it was really good. Might have to check that out now. That sounds funny. It's good. And what's the comedian that you guys like so much? I'm going to have to start watching. John John Mulaney. Yeah. Yes. So I can be in on all the jokes because you guys crack up and I have no idea what's going on. I have like huge sections of his like acts memorized and it's not good because (laughs) not not the jokes aren't good, but it's bad because like sometimes someone will hit me with a line and then I'm running the whole rest of it like in my brain. (laughs) If If you say all of that out loud, they will stare at you. (laughs) <laughs> they will <laughs> that's just devotion right there mm-hmm. that's that's love and devotion all right well shall we close this up tonight ladies sure let's sure. do it let's get out of here thank you for visiting our beautiful pizzeria and enjoying a slice of russian cryptids it's a bit fishy this week fishy pizza gross well some people do like you know anchovies on shit so what are you gonna do do you like a good fish taco, Lindsay? Depends what the kind of fish is. <laughs> there it is, eyebrows again. <laughs> Pineapple Pizza Podcast. Sweet and cheesy. Not everyone understands our awesomeness, but we're glad you do? Question mark? If you're enjoying the show and you'd like to help support us, check out our Tea Public shop for some amazingly fun and funny merch. Or if you want to do a one-time donation, you can do that on buymeacoffee.com and buy us a fresh slice, because we can never get enough of basically anything, if we're being honest. If you absolutely love the show and you want to check out some fantastic bonus content, you can become a donor on Patreon and earn all kinds of amazing benefits. We have three tiers to accommodate almost any budget. The $3 Mythbuster... $7 Cryptid Hunter and $15 Storyteller Become a patron today and start enjoying all the perks and extra content right away Don't forget, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PineAppPizzaPod That's PineAppAPP PizzaPod You can also send us questions, comments, and topic ideas at PineAppAPP pizza pod at gmail.com remember there's the two p's in app otherwise you're emailing someone else and i don't want to be held responsible for that thanks for stopping in for some deliciously weird morsels and just remember no matter how you slice it you're awesome and we love you